Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I'm the Muscle, joined by the best gosh darn co-host in the land, Mozzie. How's it going? You know, we've got football tonight. We're about to talk about real football happening this weekend. I'm doing fucking wonderful, man. I don't know about you. I am so excited. I'm so (laughs) excited. I've been thinking about it all week. We're finally here. I've been thinking uh... about you. Oh, I was just singing, I'm so excited. I think I like it. <laughs> I think I like it. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's it's here, it's finally here, the moment we've all been waiting for, the best time of year, the best, time the best season. Fall, um, football, yeah, sports. Exactly. Yeah, we, um, we are recording on Thursday, shortly before this Thursday night opening game, so... Yeah, if if some random shit comes up between now and after the game, like you know, maybe a practice report update we don't have, um, you know, we may we may have to miss that. But we're making our best estimations on players playing with what we've got as of about five p.m. Eastern on Thursday, September the eighth. So, if you hear something outdated, that's because we're recording at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's been a lot of changes, so we've been keeping track couple of the spreads mm-hmm. changed a couple of the totals changed and last year we did pretty 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 good we did pretty good with the uh just the win losses what we were around 70 percent um at the end of the year so we thought we would tackle the normal betting lines that most people deal with so we'll be going through the winners losers the totals and the spreads for each game yeah, we, uh, we're, we're going to get a little deeper into it. I think this will be good prep for when betting becomes legal in Ohio. Because I think at the end of this year, maybe next year early, I don't know, it was when they were saying we were going to have it here. So I, I've never been a huge, like, over, under, and spread guy. But it's more just been out of, like, lack of, like, interest. Or, like, we've we just never done it. Like, we've all just picked our winners. That's that. Like, because we've never had a reason to bet. But, you know, betting's getting pretty popular. I might be able to do it soon. And I I think it kind of helps us form our opinions a bit more. Like, we usually uh, describe how we think the game's going to go, and that will, like, imply what we think on the spread and over-under. But I think putting some, like, hard, fast measurements to it might help a bit. Yeah, you kind of have to, (laughs) because there's there's sort of that intangible uh, quality, if you will, that is just trends and whatnot like oh it's a thursday night game well i'm gonna take the under and a lot of con- like a <laughs> lot of people will just do that because it's a thursday night game and thursday night games are like the least prepped for by nfl teams and they're usually lower scoring uh, but then there's also like hey this team has no cornerbacks and <laughs> <laughs> they're about to get roasted like the ravens last year like the ravens last year a little bit of column a little column b a little mozzie little muscle 
<laughs> for uh, for those not aware, we we usually refer to the muscle as the analytical like here's the number, of, and, and then the mozzie's more so like the here's what I see, here's what my gut's saying aspect right. of it. I feel like does that does that define it well? I think I think so. Yeah, that's how so, I view it. Yeah, but we will start with the Saints at my Falcons. However, there's going to be no homer bias here. I'm picking the Saints. Um, right now, 42.5 over under. Saints favored by 5.5. I've got them covering. I don't know about the over or under here. I currently have under because I have this game pretty slow. Yeah. So. It's definitely where I'm leaning. It's a pretty low total. Um, but I do think you're going to see but... a good amount of running especially from the Saints. You know, AJ <laughs> is a certified badass. He wasn't in the NFL top 100 because that list is stupid oh, yeah. and garbage anyway. Dude, so wait, was... did the players make that one? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a so popularity like... contest. Yeah, he had some of the best coverage since Revis, um, <laughs> according to stats, which is kind of a high bar. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that's a pretty nice piece of praise there and i'm not going to dispute it as somebody who loves Darrell revis his coverage is excellent um i'm not sure who he's gonna shadow if at all i assume that he's gonna be on one side of the field for the majority of the game and it'll just kind of depend um this is a dean pease defense but he does that more press man-to-man like sort of bludgeoning style of corner instead of a zone concept so i do expect them to be on those new orleans wideouts now unfortunately i don't know if you know once you take terrell out of the equation with whoever he's covering i'm assuming it won't be olave or someone like that that's gonna have a lot of speed so i still expect the saints to do well through the air as well as more importantly on the ground with camara yeah remember the i think it might have been the week one game last year i think the saints played the packers do you remember how that game went? Amazingly good for the Saints and uh, horrifically <laughs> for the Packers. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm predicting that, but I don't think Jameis will have to pass much, but he could still get right. some touchdowns. I'm, I may just bring out our banger of the week already, but I think it might be Kamara here. They've got a really solid trench advantage here. Um, the yeah. Saints have a solid line, not like the best, but pretty pretty good and the falcons have i think i don't want to say hands down but i don't think anyone's going to argue if i say they have the worst defensive front in the league so it's not great yeah i have them ranked last i think they are maybe the only actively bad one because it's like grady jarrett and maybe mccall is something but that's like it so they're, they're really rough up front i don't and i don't think that the saints are gonna come in with the game plan of like hey let's have Jameis air it out against these good corners and a good secondary let's just you know attack the obvious weak spot with one of the best play <laughs> like probably our best player so right i'm i'm rolling Kamara here as a uh, banger of the week i think it's fair i it's where i'm leaning to they just can mm-hmm. control the game with the run and i don't really see them needing to pass much so i agree i think Jameis throws 20 times or less I and that's think he, ideal like, for them <laughs> completes you know, maybe he goes like 12 of 16. I don't think it's going to be <laughs> terrible for him. Yeah, no, it's just going to not need to be much. 
yeah, he might also throw two to he might throw zero to five touchdowns. You know, it's Jameis. Um, <laughs> so he's kind of in my avoid for this week, just because I don't think his volume is going to be super high. That got me thinking. I wonder what the prop bet is for AJ Terrell to get an interception. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what, what do you What do you think that's at? Plus, what would you say? Plus what? Negative. I don't think you can. <laughs> I think it's like. Do they have that as a thing? Minus I don't know if they have that. Nah, I don't. I don't know if I could find a single uh, player interception prop on here. But <laughs> that's what I would be interested in because right. I wouldn't be shocked if they like they get one and they're like, you know, James, we're just gonna run it all day, but <laughs> okay. <Sounds good. laughs> so after Camara, it's it's a little tough to kind of decide you know the saints have their other receiver is michael thomas sounds like he'll play he's kind of been dealing with a hammy and a little bit of like you know he's also been recovering from his injury last year so he um i think oh yeah so we've got limited practice in today with the hamstring designation so keep an eye on it i think we get him i don't know what capacity so i'm not ready to go there quite yet obviously we've got Olave, but rookie then we've got jarvis so the not like maybe like you know thomas is good in a few weeks or maybe it gets worse and Olave is a little more acclimated but right now like i think that even lends more credence to camara and then uh on the falcon side um <laughs> i i love kyle pitts so he's he's the best player on the team i mean I, yeah yeah that's not only it's a hot take. I mean, maybe you could argue AJ Terrell defensively, but Kyle Pitts is super good. They're going to throw it to him. Uh, London has missed pretty much everything this summer. I don't know about everything, but most everything this summer he's missed. Um, and he, uh, he's finally fully practicing. He's been dealing with a knee for like the whole offseason, basically. I don't know which knee, but it's a knee. <laughs> <laughs> My knee. Um, because, yeah, at the end of August, they weren't sure if he'd be ready for the opener. So it sounds like he'll be good to go, I believe, based on a full practice today. But I'm not confident, like, in him getting much production given how, you know, his offseason went. And he's a rookie. And the Saints have, like, you know, I, 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 would, I would say for the most part, they've got some solid corners. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, the, the slot's weaker now. Yep. But, you know. PJ Williams, baby. Yeah, that's Let's that's go. that's the thing. Uh I'm not sure like how the Falcons are going to line up Kyle Pitts, by the way, because I've heard more about them trying to put him in different spots and maybe get like that linebacker advantage they were wanting. But the uh, the, the big thing is uh, the slot with P.J. Williams. And that brings me to, um, I don't know if I want to say like a sleeper of the week, but he is like the deepest call I have any confidence in really. And it, that's, that is Ovaltine Zaxby, a.k.a. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus. Which, oh. uh, I, your, your Fugles last week was good, but I, I still think your best work might be Ovaltine Zaxby. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the best autocorrect NFL name I've ever had. <laughs> Ovaltine yes, he's, yeah, he is got, he's the forgotten guy just in general, like by everybody, like not, I'm not saying like the defense is going to forget about him, but everyone's in Amber with Pitts, um, London's the new hotness as like as the rookie there, but like I said, been kind of missing time. The defense is going to key in on Pitts, 
Ovaltine Zaxby, like, will for sure have the super easiest matchup now. The issue is who's throwing him the ball. It's, I assume, Marcus Mariota to start. So, and I don't know how much pass volume he'll get. Like, it's not a for sure thing, but if some weird shit happens where you really, really need him or, like, you know, Dynasty League, you, you're in a pinch, you need Ovaltine Zaxby, I think he could be okay this week. And, um, in, was so... One other little tidbit is he's priced right by, and this is not me saying you should do it. It's me saying you can do it if you if you want to. Um, he's priced right by Rondale Moore and Kadarius Tony, who are going to be popular. Um, so he's a direct price pivot if like the rest of your lineup's chalky and you're like, you know what, fuck it. Or it's honestly might be more of like a really large field or like trying to win a milli. You go Camara Ovaltine. Yeah, but I like that. I, cause I think the, <laughs> I like a lot of things with the Falcons. I don't think they're built super well to beat the saints right now. The oh saints, no, no, no. They're going to get crushed. Yeah. The saints defense is, is very good. It's like their linebackers are good. They ha- are traditionally pretty good against the run. And I expect that to be consistent. So I don't really like Corderell much in terms of like standard, maybe in PPR, um, like PPR. I think he's good. Uh, yeah. Because he's going to get a lot of dump-offs from Mariota. But the slot there with Zacchaeus is actually, like, a really, really nice little sneaky pick. It might be one of the only ways they can move the ball. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a rough day for the Falcons, but it might be a rough year in general, so I'm kind of yeah. used to it. <laughs> it's okay. You're going in with the expectation, so it won't hurt as much. Coming from a Jets fan, it, it, it works. But we will move on to their division mate, Carolina, hosting the Cleveland Browns in a 42 total pick'em, where we're both picking Carolina. Yep. The uh, it moved a half point, and I I was like a little more confident where I was. But at 42, I'm like that was like it was at 41 and a half, and I went over. I'm like I think they can get 42. And now that it's at 42, I'm like fuck. <laughs> I'm like I I would not bet this. I'm like I might even I might say a push. I might go over. It's not easy though. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't think it's a lot higher than 42 if at all. I don't think it'll I don't think it should be under, but they're they're pretty on the money with the 42 in my opinion. Mhm. Um still leaning Carolina. Um not really as much of a spread pick cuz you know there is no there's spread. not one yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's no spread how am i gonna eat this bagel what my schmear so yeah i'm going <laughs> with uh yeah carolina i'm i would say over 42 i'm still on but not very confident yeah i think these teams both have pro- a probably slower pace but there's enough talent on both teams even you know despite jacoby Brissett. Um, no clue how Baker's going to be with the Panthers, but the positions have a ton of talent. Like we've got, you know, Chubb, Hunt, Amari, Njoku, Harrison Bryant, you know, Carolina, DJ, Robbie, CFC, Tremble. Like there's a ton of guys who can make enough stuff happen where I think like, okay, I think they can push this over. So, yeah, yeah, there's, there's enough talent on both sides of the ball, even if, both teams are crippled in one way or another. One doesn't really have a starting quarterback uh, like that you 
necessarily want to have. By necessarily, I mean I wouldn't want to have him, but they clearly did. Um, <laughs> and the other being a Matt Rule offense. <laughs> I was, I'm like, where? Which one's he starting with? I can't tell yet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, we we can get into it. This is a Baker Mayfield revenge game. Um, he wants to win. I'm gonna give the win to him as well. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the Panthers have improved a lot more than people are anticipating. And that when we went through all the changes they made, their roster might be better than people think. Their defense is definitely better than people think. And they've shored up the O-line. Defensively, I have some questions about the Browns' ability to really move the ball. I don't think their offense is going to be very good. The thing with the Browns is that they still have a good O-line and they still have Chubb and Hunt. So, That's kind of their whole... And they've got Njoku and Harrison Bryant. Like, so I think they've got enough to be able to get something going in that regard. Exactly. And they've at least got a Mark Cooper to like, throw to. So... That's why I wasn't like overwhelmingly like, yeah, let's go. Panthers going to crush them. And that's why I think Chubb can still have a productive day. And this is probably, at least early on, one of the better scenarios you're going to find him in because I don't expect Carolina to blow them out of the water and push him out of the game script. So he should still get like a decent amount of carries. And when you know Chubb is, or when you can reasonably predict Chubb for like 20 touches, he's a banger. So yeah, that's fair. I, I worry a little bit, just a little bit. I still think Chubb is fine, um, but the Panthers' secondary is potentially incredible because Dante yeah. Jackson was fantastic last year before he got hurt. He was mm. like one of the and best Horn. in the league. They got hurt really early. Yep, and then they also had J.C. Horn, who had started off pretty good but he was a rookie and then got hurt for the rest of the year. If he's good to go and like keeps improving and does well, then you also have Dante Jackson. Uh, they also added Xavier Woods as a safety and Jeremy Chin, who we know is good. Their secondary yeah. is potentially like very, very good. And that concerns me with the Cleveland passing game. Uh, when you don't have that passing game to rely on, it shuts down the run after a little while because they just know to look for it. Yeah. Um, with That's that, fair, yeah. With that said, I just don't really like the Browns' offensive potential this game. I mean, it's um, Jacoby Brissett, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying I, I like the Browns' offense. <laughs> right, yeah. I just, I they have a good line. They have a good running back. Great running backs, like plural. Chubb mm-hmm. and Hunt, I still think are fine. I think Brissett dumps off to both of them. Uh, more Hunt, but uh, I'm a little off the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious if we'll see like Brissett go to who was it Jack Doyle? Remember when he targeted Jack Doyle a bunch? I wonder if he'll like do that with Injoku or something. I could see that. Yeah, who knows? I saw something I want to bet on though. Uh, <laughs> the Panthers. I'm curious if they will be a run funnel or if they'll just be a good defense. So the Falcons. I didn't mention it, but kind of implied that they're gonna. I think they're gonna be a major run funnel this year given their front is bad their secondary is good and they're just not a good team so <laughs> right presumably so they predict to be run funnel carolina their front isn't bad 
but I think it's a little below average. Um, then they definitely underperformed last year. Now they could perform closer to how they should slash could and be an average front with a really good secondary and actually be a good defense, or they could continue to underperform and be kind of a run funnel because we we don't know how Carolina's offense is going to be, so they may not be in position to keep teams from controlling games on the ground as well. So That's kind of the big problem with the Panthers' offense is that they're not really designed to score super quickly. They're a little bit more catch and run, get a, get a good yak, and then uh, eventually get your way down. Yeah, which does suit Baker. Like, Oh, it's great I think, I think for that's, Baker. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be a lot better than last year. Like, They will not be as anemic as they were with Darnold and P.J. Walker. No, that was that was so bad. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Darno. Yeah, I do think CMC is a great option here too. I don't think that's a hot taker by any means, but yeah. I'm not. Apparently, he showed up with like a, a a shin on the injury report, but he's practicing still, so I, th- I think we're good. He got a cut on his shin. He'll be fine. Oh, yeah. False alarm, everyone. <laughs> yep, cut from a cleat. We're good. We're good. Um. So yeah, Eddie, anything else for this game? Any uh, streams or sleepers you want to well, bring up? you know, the, the Browns have kind of been on this trend of late where they're kind of a tight end funnel. They have a very good front. Their corners are good, but the inside of the, like the middle of the field there is their weak point, which is, you know, usually good for your slot over the middle guys and your tight ends. And this guy is my Ovaltine Zaxby's of the last game as a super sleeper pick. And I'm not saying put money on it, but Tommy Tremble, their tight end. Ooh, make him tremble. Second year tight end started to really, you know, come onto the scene at the end of last year. Um, He was my kind of Kittle guy where he was just an amazing, brutish blocker but didn't have much tape of, you know, receiving the ball, but he's showing to prove mm-hmm. that he can was year two when Kittle broke out. I'm hoping it's year two when Tommy Tremble breaks out and he, he has a beautiful matchup to prove that right with. Mm-hmm. And a quarterback who likes has shown love for his tight ends. Yeah. Like between Njoku and Bryant and like Cooper, like he, he is not shy about tight ends. And that makes sense, like, with the offense, like, you know, you want Baker rolling out, throwing quick short, using DJ, using Tremble, using CMC. So, I, I hope it, I hope he's I hope he's solid this week and this year. It would be nice to see him break out. Let's let's see it, man. Let's do it, Tommy. <laughs> Make but. him tremble. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the uh, Bears are going to be trembling this weekend when San Fran comes to town, though, because this total is at 40. And San Fran is favored by six and a half, leaving the Bears with a paltry, paltry total of their own. Of how's that math out? Um, Seventeen, right? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. They're getting like no points. Seventeen, twenty-three, roughly mm-hmm. sixteen More and or a half. <laughs> Around that range. It's they're basically getting no points given to them by Vegas. So, so this is I, an interesting one to me. I don't know if I want to take the over. I ended up doing it. Um, it's 40 points. It's That's very low. It's so low. 
And that was more out of principle than any way I feel out of the, about this game. The problem is we have a pretty dilapidated Bears offense against a very good defense, and then you have a dilapidated Bears defense against a rookie quarterback. And I think that's why the total is so low. But I am going to take the over. I think Lance, he's, I mean, I, he's not technically a rookie, but it, he, it is basically his his first he got like two or three games last year yeah he was pretty much redshirted last year (laughs) um i think you're gonna kind of see the a mirror performance of fields and lance i think they're both gonna do a lot with their legs Mm -hmm. i my big concern for the bears on fields here is so okay so we did our rankings on offensive lines and defensive fronts you did the line rankings i did defensive front like rankings um i gave the 49ers the top spot on the defensive front um but either way they're top three and you gave the Bears the bottom spot on the O-line and, you know, yep. probably bought it through regardless. So we, in our rankings, have the biggest possible differential there in worst <laughs> O-line versus best defensive front. So I, I'm i not one to be like, pay up for a defense, but this might be the time to, like, go that San Fran defense, Eli Mitchell combo. That like that's my concern on the over, honestly. Like I'm probably like going through this. I'm gonna take San Fran to cover. I think I I'm not sure like how the Bears are going to get. Like it's gonna have to be Fields pulling off some like wizard bullshit and breaking out of the pocket and finding Mooney. Their their offense isn't gonna work. No, I, know. <laughs> I, I just don't think it will. Like I'm not saying it won't the whole game, but consistently for a whole game no like they can maybe get a drive and maybe a garbage time or like a feel like that i just see no path to this being ideal for them and it's not like they have the wide receiver core to take care like to take advantage of like like any anything in the secondary they've got mooney that's it like i like byron pringle but you know he had Mahomes throw to him so (laughs) it's tough it's tough man it's tough it's really tough i'm kind of banking on some fields wizardry i think i think it happens a few times i think it's inconsistent but i think he has some pretty good flashes of that's why this guy was drafted top of yeah we saw a little bit of last year aka in the game Nagy didn't coach and it might get significantly better without Nagy. like i don't want to underestimate that factor that i guess that maybe should push me to the over is like this offense can't be so bad as it was last year but man, that line is still really bad, huh? It's still really bad. That's why I'm like, Fields is going to be running for his life. But I, that's kind of where you know he does okay sometimes. So not in terms of targeting receivers, but in terms of fantasy and him getting some yards on the ground, which I think he will. Mm-hmm. It's it's gross though. Um, oh, I do want to add, uh, Kittle is now as of an hour ago unlikely to play this week. He really? apparently hurt his groin on Monday. Oh my lord! So I think Tyler Croft is the backup. I'm not positive on that one. That sounds right. Yeah, Tyler Croft. Who? I don't. I. I, <laughs> I might need some time to decide on that, or maybe it's Charlie Warner. I don't know. I would guess Tyler Croft. I am unsure. I don't know if I want to go there to to the backup since i have no clue who it even is it's probably croft i would probably avoid that um he's gonna have to block anyway because the bears got a uh, al-kadeen muhammad there 
and Robert Quinn off the edge. And so it's a like, Shanny offense. And yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and he hates new guys. So <laughs> Do I want to take this over? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's where I'm actually at. I'm thinking This is tough. Taking... It's a forty and I don't know if I want the over. I know. Ah oh, man. So I mean that opens that opens up a lot more for Debo and Ayuk. And it's it's tough because you think like oh like okay maybe they'll run more but like having Kittle out is a is a is a knot to the run game too because he's a really good blocker so yeah I I think it might this game might be defense and move on or maybe like Debo as well but th- actually I'm changing this one to stinker of the week <laughs> this game's the stinker of the week yeah yeah it's not a great one this is the the poo pants game um. But you know what? You get to watch Lance in his first start, really, like first official yeah. game, and we get to see what that looks like. Yeah, so for, first some... planned start. <laughs> right. Yeah, Lance first field will be fun at least. But let's get on to Philly at Detroit. We both got Philly here, and they're favored by four. The total is forty-eight and a half. Uh, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this. I think I'll probably pick Philly to cover, but I don't know about the over/under. I'm pretty torn on it. Obviously, the Eagles' defense is fantastic, um, but I think the Lions' offense will be better, th- uh, like than last year, not better than their defense. Uh, so I think I have the under right now. I don't expect Philly to put up a ton of points um, either. Like they're not really a blowout team offensively. They're more of a you know, solid, if inconsistent at times, burst offensive performance. But their defense is very good. So I think it's a little bit lower scoring. I think the Lions are going to try to run a lot, and I think it's going to be really tough for them to run a lot. But at least the Eagles linebackers uh, aren't the best. So I think you see some running there with Detroit. I think it works out for him uh, from time to time, but... Overall, it's a 48.5 over-under. I'm taking the under, and I'm taking Philly by four. I think that's about where it should be, though, for the spread. Yeah, this seems right. This game is going to be, like, great film for offensive line coaches. These are two of the top five offensive (laughs) lines in the league going at it here. So, like, I know they don't go against each other, but it makes it fun. And the trench matchups are really interesting here, especially when you've got um, the Philly defensive front with all those guys who rotate around against the the Detroit line that is now really stout. And then on the other side, um, that's where things, I think, give us a, a bit of insight into how this game may go. So, Philly, uh, you got you give them the best O-line rank. I, that's, I don't think it's a hot take. They've got a really solid O-line. It's definitely a top-five unit, regardless of how exactly you put them. However, the Lions front is not elite at all. It's, no. it's pretty low down. Um, I've got them kind of in that bottom group that's like just above the Falcons and the uh, who do I have there? I've got like the Lions, Jags, Texans in that group just above the Falcons. So they've got Hutchinson, but they're still not great. They've got they've got some guys who performed okay last year and they got back, but they still got to show it. Again, I'm not saying they're bad. The only actively bad front I'm saying is the Falcons. However, the Lions, Jags, Texans are the three weakest after that. So. The Eagles like to run. They ran a lot last year. I think we'll kind of see that continue, at least in game one. They're definitely more suited to pass more this year if and they I think want they to. Will. Just a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, but I don't know if that's going to happen quite yet against the, like, 
they could run all day against the Lions. It might be annoying. It might be a mix of Hurts and Sanders and Boston Scott, but an AJ Brown might get a carrier too. Who fucking knows? Um, right. But I'm I'm really curious how this pace goes. I think both teams have desire to run. I don't know if we'll get the pace we want, but I'm not going to be shocked if this does shoot out per se. That's why I don't have any confidence on like the over under. I'm like this game could go either way because both teams, you know like to run and are built to but i think they both have the potential in these matchups to put up a lot more yeah i mean yeah pretty similar position i do think the lions linebackers are a little bit better than i first estimated um i don't think their yeah, front is very good but they have uh alex anzalone and that rookie they drafted, Malcolm Rodriguez, has become like a staple of the Hard Knocks. The, the Hard Knocks guy. Yeah, I haven't watched the last episode yet, but <laughs> he was drafted in the sixth round, and he is already a starter and is one of the best on the team. So, like, there's definitely some potential there at the linebacker. It's kind of concerning though if you think about it the other way around. Like, oh, this oh, linebacking group was so bad that the sixth round rookie started. Like, that's the, that's the other side of it. Exactly. But it has been like he is actually good, which is which is nice, at least mm-hmm. in practice. Um, yeah, because they've got they kept Gerard Davis, and that was one of the I wrote that like in the uh, off season things. I'm like, oh, they kept like a linebacker who was you know okay for them last year. They're keeping some consistency. Um, Chumber who else they have at linebacker, but that that's kind of their their weak spot is linebacker. So yeah. I'm not I'm not sure who will start at linebacker to be fully honest. And up front. They've got, like I said, Hutchinson, and they've got some okay guys on the edge as well, like around. So they've got like they've got edge depth, but their interior is kind of weak, and the linebacker group is not uh, ideal. Has a lot to be desired. So which is bad when you've got the Eagles. Their strength is yeah. Just, you need linebackers, man. <laughs> yeah, Jason Kelsey and Landon Dickerson and Lane Johnson, like the running lanes on the interior yeah, line and are huge. Like, all the options you're gonna have to deal with too. Oh yeah. Spoiler, it's usually hurts. It's usually- <laughs> At the goal line, it's hurts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, do we want to put hurts as a banger? I kind of feel like he is a fair uh, point for that. Yeah, because either. <laughs> yeah, either they run and he probably gets some or it shoots out and he works out. Well, now, okay, I got to ask about Miles Sanders, though. Or are you fine putting him as a stream? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'll put him as a stream. I think Hertz is a fair banger. The line side's a little tougher because I don't know how it's going to break down with everybody back. I I mean, I imagine we'll still see a good amount of Amon Ross St. Brown as the main guy. I'm, I'm curious how much they pass to Swift as well here. But That's what I'm expecting. Yeah, he's always in play, though. That's not anything wild. Like, with, with, with this bangers and mashes, we're not trying to, like tell you the obvious shit like it's just if we think something needs to be mentioned who is our uh slot guy for the lions um maybe up against cjgj is it reynolds in the slot or i mean they'll probably move it around i would guess i'll take a gander i think it's reynolds i don't know actually because after chark and amon ra i don't know who they have technically as their third Chark is traditionally on the outside. I wonder if Amon Ra yeah. is in the slot a bit. I, I mean, I imagine they'd find a good spot for him. So I see Reynolds right now on the depth chart as uh, the other outside. So in the end, I see Amon Ra listed as the slot. Okay. But again, I don't think that like positioning is at all firm. Okay. Probably. 
That's my guess. It, it's tough to pick a Lions wideout that I like, and I think there will be one that is worth taking. Um, but it's tough. You have Bradbury, you have Slay, and CJGJ. Like, that's a pretty nice uh, trio back there in the secondary. Yeah. So I was looking. I think last year Amon Ra did get a lot of slot time, so he may he may be back in the slot this year with Reynolds and Chark outside. Okay. Primarily, of course, he'll move around as desired. I uh, I think Amon Ra should be decent. I'll put him as a stream. I don't love it, but yeah, he was nuts last yeah. year to end the year. It was it was crazy. And I'll also mention Hawkinson. I think is is a fair option for Goff. Mm-hmm. With that brutal philadelphia front line attack but weak linebackers is he gonna have to be blocking in this week though uh i don't think so <laughs> i don't think he'll have to be blocking in not all the time when it's when it's swift's turn yeah <laughs> but those are kind of my main guys are hawk and swift gotcha yeah i mean i, I can always get behind swift hawkins is just a tough one because you never know how the the game plan is gonna go and if they'll pass enough but they'll probably be behind a need to pass so i, I gotta think hawkins will, will get his enough at least but let's get on to indy at houston we both got indy here um i've got the over 45 and a half uh the spread from so i feel i made this doc on september 2nd and the spread changed from indy minus eight to indy minus seven um, that makes the houston cover a little tougher but i'm still gonna stick with it yeah i'm sticking with it too houston covers. yeah yeah, it's Houston's at home. They, I mean, I need to check who all has changed on the coaching staff. I know they changed, okay, they changed on everybody. So it is a new offense, new system for them all. But Houston was not as trash as we thought they'd be last year. They got a lot better in the offseason. It's another year for Davis Mills, who did not have much time in general to get better. Um, they've got Cooks, they've got Nico. Uh, I'm, I'm still so bummed that Mechie can't be can't play this year um they've got pierce now who i guess is the starter now what a boss he's that um, dude yeah he's that dude they've highly improved their secondary with stingley um petrie peter however you say it and then steven nelson also an offseason acquisition so i think a touchdown is probably about right but i think i think five is probably better maybe six is better yeah and that, that's where I'm at. I do still think Indy wins. Mm-hmm. Um, not a hundred percent sold on the over or under yet, but I'm taking Indy to win and Houston to play a lot better than I think people expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. love their coaching setup. I've said it before, but I'm just gonna say it one more time. Lovey Smith as head coach and calling defense with Pep Hamilton as OC is a awesome combo it's almost like lovey doesn't have to give a fuck about the offense (laughs) which is ideal focus on the defense and let pep hamilton run that offense and we know pep hamilton knows what he's doing we've oh yeah we we love pep yeah it doesn't always translate but i think it will they've got a great running back so it seems in damian pierce uh their line is better they they actually improved it's the first thing that uh (laughs) they're GM from the Patriots did, which is no surprise. They drafted Kenyon Green. They got AJ Can, so their guards are better, um, and their secondary is decent. So I think I was leaning under. I don't think Indy puts on a fireworks show, but I could be. Wrong. 
Yeah, so my my thought on how the game works out is I, I went over because I think Indy's going to get to do what they want in terms of they're going to be able to run. Yeah. Um, Houston, again, another run funnel. We're, I think we're going to have a few run funnels this year, even though Houston's not, I don't think they're going to be like terrible, but weak front, decent secondary, uh, not a probably not a fireworks show offense on a consistent basis. So Indy wants to run. I, I, I don't expect them to try to get too wild. I mean, they'll, they'll still get stuff going in the passing game too, but I think the focus will be Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor will work. <laughs> so I know that does slow the game down and make it harder to, to reach the, the over. But I, th- my thought there is, okay, Indy gets their offense going. I think Houston also gets their offense going though. That's where I think right. the, disconnect might be as far as like you know indy you know stomping them being a lock this is that like i think houston's offense is gonna work um i I do too yeah indy's front's pretty good i don't think they're in the top elite tier but they're probably in that tier right below it um the secondary is a big question mark though and huge i yeah and that's why if i'm doing uh any indy players this week who are all gonna be popular i'm running it back with cooks um I probably just do the like either full stack or do like the mini stack, but getting getting cooks it'll make it pretty different, I think. Um, yeah, cooks is one of my bangers for sure. Ooh, yeah, I, I like him here. He's I think he's better than the Colt secondary. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, no disrespect to Stefan Gilmore, he's that dude, but he's also thirty one. And if I'm taking yeah. Cooks and him in a head-to-head matchup, which I think will only be, you know, parts of the game, I still expect him to win those. Mm-hmm. And I do want to read something about our guy, Damian Pierce. Um, this is from uh, from Lovey Yadam. He goes, uh, Pierce says he's uh, earned the right to line up out there with the starters. Um, as Rick, he's coming to the building and asks, what do I need to do, Coach? First day, what do I need to do? And then gone to work doing it, showing up, hasn't missed anything, hasn't worried about practice squad. He's earned an opportunity to lead us. It was asked, he is a starting running back. He's earned the right to line up there with the one. It's the first snap, and I'm anxious to see him play. So, Lovey likes him. We like him. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. they So, they didn't keep Mac, which makes me feel sad about him and the Achilles. Um, I can't remember if they have Royce on the roster or not anymore, but Rex Burkhead is presumably the, like, backup slash I I'm really curious if they'll bring in Burkhead a lot on passing downs or if they'll give Pierce a shot on it I think uh Burkhead could get the passing downs but Damian Pierce is a bowling ball so I still expect him to be in at the goal line yeah that being said I don't know if this is like okay if you've got Pierce he's probably like your he's not he's probably not your RB2 if you've got him, he might be. But I don't know if this is necessarily the week I want to go for him right away. Uh, I think there will be easier oh, matchups at fronts. I'm not saying you can't, but... Agreed. I, this, I don't think this is a ceiling spot for him. No. I, th- I think I think we'll get better chances. He's going to face the Jags at some point. That'll be the time to do it. You know, yeah. I would wait a bit. It's his first start, too. Yeah. I completely agree. I do think his ADP skyrocketed. Um, when Matt got cut. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, I think that was fair, but sometimes week one is not the time to take a gamble on that. And he could be okay. I'm more, I more see this as a floor game for him for the rest of the season. 
yeah, he's got uh, to Colts here, Broncos next week, but they've got the Bears in next week, and then in week five they got the Jags. So there will be opportunities to to go to go for it. I'm excited, but I you know I want to I want to keep people reeled in. Um, as far as anything else in this game goes, um, are you going to be looking in the alley for uh, for some Mo Cox this game? You know, uh, I, think I think I think I might be. I think I might be looking in the alley for some Mo Cox. I, uh, <laughs> I you know, I someone dropped him in a league, and I I kind of was like, why would you? <laughs> You're gonna say someone dropped these cocks in this alley? <laughs> so who dropped all these cocks in this alley? I need Mo. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I saw you added him. I'm like, shit, I didn't realize he was out there. Yeah, someone dropped him. I'm like, okay, this guy. Uh, fucking love Mo Alley Cox, and uh, obviously Matt Ryan does target tight ends, especially when he's in the red zone, because Julio Jones didn't get a single, you know, look for like six years. <laughs> he was in the red zone if there was a tight end there. Um, but we saw Hooper get overinflated and traded to the Browns. Uh, we saw just last year, I mean, there were times we were like, why isn't he throwing to Pitts? But overall, he was a rookie, <laughs> and he still had a very good rookie season. So. Yeah, it was just the touchdowns weren't there just because the offense couldn't make it happen. Yeah. And the defenses were actually just doubling him. <laughs> they were focusing on him so hard. But um, yeah, run game and, and tight end, it's a natural pairing. I'm I'm all for the Cox baby. Yeah, I uh, and I would add I'm not off of Pitts here, but um, or no sorry Pitts Pitt Michael Pittman Pittman there you go. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of Pitts now. Um, he's got a couple arms here. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's like a bad route to go, but I just think he's he's not in the path of least resistance. Is my only comment on that. Yeah. I think that's a good like he's thing. good, obviously, yeah. Like he's good, but he won't necessarily need to be a part of the game plan for them to even win. Yeah. So. <laughs> and Houston has good corners. Uh huh. Next up, we've got New England at Miami. Uh, forty-six total. Miami is favored by three and a half. This could this total went up a lot since open. I can't remember what what it opened at. I'm gonna try to find that. But 40, 46 was like way up from that. It opened at 44 and a half. So it went up a point and a half from open. I think it was even higher than drop back down. I think, oh yeah, it, went, it was up to 47 when I made the stock on like a week ago, basically. But it went down another point. I don't know if I want to take New England or Miami, but I do know that I want the under. <laughs> I'm with you. That, that feels right for this game. I want to take the Dolphins so badly, but this is Mike McDaniel's first coaching game as a head coach going against Bill Belichick. Like, this is not fair. That's it's not, true. It, that, it's a tough obstacle to overcome, man. Bill Belichick's going to be fucking with him all game like the troll that he is. And do, we, do we have Bill Belichick against rookie coach data? I know we've got him against rookie quarterback. Uh, do we have the rookie coach data? <laughs> I don't know, but I would assume it's not great given his record. I like Mike McDaniels. I love all the changes they've made to the offense, but this is a really tough week one for them. He's going yeah. to most likely get out coached, and that's not anything against him. I think he's going to do just great, but it makes it really yeah. hard for me to. You've take got me Miami. thinking more now, yeah, because my my thought was like Miami, but not you. Like I didn't factor that in as much as. I maybe should have. See, that's that's the mozzie, man. That's the mozzie. 
That's the Mozzie <laughs> aspect. Because I, you know, on paper, am leaning Dolphins. Yeah, and that's what I went with. I'm like, oh, like they've got the speed to beat New England. That's usually kind of one of their kryptonites. Oh, are they still running cover zero as much as they did? Well, they, I, I don't, I don't always keep track of that. Or that may change this year, I guess possibly. But typically, they run a lot of cover zero, and speed beats them. Yeah, speed beats them a lot. They're very practiced. They change their defense around a lot, but it's very um, regimented to assignments. So if you have people that can outperform those, that's usually how you beat them. Uh, New England has a very good O-line. They have a very good O-line. They have a good run game. They have a quarterback that's going to, you know, be efficient. Um, so I expect them to put up some points, but I don't expect them to have any firepower or explosiveness to their team, which the Dolphins do have. Yeah, that's the, the talent, like the offensive talent was part of it. Like how, whatever you want to say about Mac or Tua, like I think, like I would take two of some people might take Mac. I don't know if that's at the moment, like that might, that could be a wash. Um, receiver wise though. And weapon wise, like for sure, Miami running backs, I give to New England. Um, but like Tyreek Waddle, Gesicki versus Hunter Henry and Devonte Parker and Nelson, like <laughs> heavily favors Miami so much as a thing. Um, yeah. The the Patriots front isn't as stout as it has been before. Um I don't think it's terrible, but it's not like great. And then I think the Dolphins have a bit of an underrated front, but on the other side, like Dolphins O-line still kind of struggling, the Patriots O-line's good, so I don't know if the trench is gonna be a huge factor either direction here. Um I'll of course watch Bill pull out some bullshit and like really fuck up the Dolphins O line. Um <laughs> With all that said, yeah, I don't have much desire to go after anyone that heavy in this game. Nope, me neither. I think um, if I like anyone, it might be Waddle, because I've, I have know what I've gotten out of We know Waddle. that works, yeah. And I think that uh, McDaniels is going to fucking love Waddle. I mean, how could you not love Waddle? Waddle, Waddle. I'm mashing Gusecki until I know they don't hate him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had this sort of uh, difficulty in articulating how I perceive Tua, and I feel like I've finally got that on track. And I just wanted to say, I think Tua is very good at what Tua is very good at. I don't think you can put Tua into any offense and expect him to do well, but I do think that if you put him in an offense that's catered to his strengths, he can be very efficient and effective. As such, I think that Mike McDaniels is putting Tua in a good offensive situation for him, and I think Tua will be good this year. I don't think he is going to be the type of quarterback that maybe other people were expecting, but I think that he will do well in this system. Yeah, that's... You know, I follow, and that's most quarterbacks, for what it's worth. That is. That's a majority of quarterbacks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's only when they get older and learn the game a lot better, like are veterans, that they can really move around to other places and still be successful. Yeah, but, like, fit is huge in the NFL, and there are very few players that can transcend scheme fit. So, no, yeah, I, I didn't see it as, like, a slight on Tua. Like, he needs the scheme. Like, almost every guy needs a scheme that helps them, so. Right. 
and that's why that, I'm excited about the fit with him and McDaniel's in this offense. Like I think it works. I think it makes sense. I, exactly. And so I'm expecting a lot of quicker, shorter passes to Waddle, and um, I even think eventually it could be Gasicki if they like him. I don't know. It, it, like it could be another tight end, but I expect that to be a big part. It obviously McDaniel's comes from a Shanny scheme your tight end has to be able to block in a shanty scheme and gesicki has proven that he does not <laughs> <Nope>. like to block <laughs> is this is not his thing man not his thing it's uh <laughs> it's okay not everyone can be great at everything right like just like we said um with the running backs of miami this is kind of an interesting one right now uh chase edmonds is the guy there although raheem Mostert does come over with mcdaniels I haven't kept up on Mostert's status because I know he'd been like, because he, he got hurt last year and this season kind of early. Um, I haven't seen updates him, so any updates on him, so I guess he's fine. Um, Chase Edmonds is practicing in full. So he Chase Edmonds is someone I was looking at on DraftKings at like 5.2 or 5.4 and a full PPR scoring where I'm like, you know, if I'm paying out a running back, I'm fine with him. Yeah. Um, although again, this game could get gross and the touchdown upside could kind of get a little lower but sony's not there so it's literally just Mostert behind him um that makes you feel good that you know there's only one guy who might take some touches and i expect Mostert to get worked in some but i mean it's Edmonds right now i would i would assume it's Edmonds right now i think they're all draftable or stashable because they all tend to deal with little lingering uh like injury issues yeah especially most here unfortunately yeah <laughs> but if Edmonds misses time then you know Mostert will be in if he misses time Gaskin will be in it'll rotate did they do they still have Gaskin mm-hmm. okay I couldn't remember if they kept them or not it's Edmonds Mostert Gaskin and uh Ahmed gotcha gotcha but anyway we'll move on to uh their division mate the Jets hosting Baltimore We've got Baltimore and this game going over the 44.5 total and Baltimore covering seven. Yeah, it's Flacco. Uh, Wilson's out for a little bit. Uh, I don't think Dobbins is going to play. He might. I'm not leading that he will. They they could let him rest another week. Like, I know he wants to get back out there, but I don't think... If the Ravens can't beat the Jets without Dobbins, there are bigger problems than <laughs> whether or not Dobbins is on the field, I think. Yeah. So, they've got Mike Davis and Kenny and Drake, which, not not a very confidence-inspiring duo, but, like, okay, like, are we gonna all be like, are you fucking kidding me when, like, Mike Davis goes off for, like, 100 yards? Like, no. I like, I have him in a stream. I have him as a stream. I'm not saying I love him, but if Dobbins misses, Kenny and Drake just fucking got there. It's not like they throw to the running back a ton. He might get some work, but I don't expect like a ton of PPR for Drake. Like, if Dobbins sits, Davis has been there all offseason. So, like, it's going to be him getting most of the running back rushes. And we've seen, like, random motherfuckers do shit in this offense. So... And we've seen Mike Davis produce, like, in other offenses. And I think this is probably better suited to him than those other offenses even, especially, like, Atlanta last year where, you know, Corderell beat him out because he did better there. Uh, so I don't hate Mike Davis if Dobbins sits. I agree If you're, like, in a pitch. It's been a weakness of the Jets in that run game, um, for sure, because their linebackers aren't great. They're mm-hmm. not terrible. They've gotten better 
uh, but they're still not great, and we know the Ravens like to run, and they're good at running. They have a good line. This, <laughs> so I like this. It's almost like they just reset the clock on the Mark Ingram acquisition. So they got Mike Davis now. Uh, they profile somewhat similarly to me. They're both kind of bruisers, but they can also catch. They're thick. Yes, they're both definitely thick. Thicky boys. Uh, <laughs> and the Ravens should be in the lead for much of the game, so we kind of expect the run game to run prevalent. I don't think Baltimore has to pass to win this game, if I'm being frank. No, they, they probably don't have to. I think they will some. Like, they I do will. like the Lamar to Andrews combo, Yep. and it's hard not to. Any week, and especially this week, like, they've got a pretty high implied total. And I imagine some of the points will come from there. Uh, the only other guy to cast patches probably is pretty much Bateman. Um, I'm not expecting Isaiah Likely to contribute a ton early, but he'll be fun to keep an eye on. But are there any Jets you got interest in with Elite Dragon Flacco? I've been trying to figure it out because there's two different criteria for this. The first is... We have Flacco instead of Wilson. Okay, who does Flacco like? And the second is what matches up for the Ravens against their secondary. They've traditionally been, what, bad in this, uh, like, the middle of the field kind of brownsy, the way they don't really... Yeah, no, their linebacking group is not what it needs to be. Like, Patrick Queen is not... (laughs) I think that means for me I like Elijah Moore, um, who I know was getting very heavily drafted and I think might have been overdrafted a bit even though I like Elijah Moore uh for this game this might be a really good buy or sort of post sell opportunity if you're not high on Elijah Moore for the rest of the year but I do think he might he will get a good amount of passes thrown his way I think Flacco liked him yeah I was literally just looking at that I'm like I'm trying to remember the game he had last year against Miami who did he hyper target Elijah Moore let me see he did, yeah. Uh, 11 targets. Yep. Eight receptions for 141 and a touchdown. So, yeah. Elite Dragon Flacco might really just keep feeding Elijah Moore. There we go. Um, I would also then say, I would say the Jets tight end, but I don't know who it is definitively. I, I would assume Uzi? It could be Uzi. It could be Conklin. Um, it's... They're probably uh, Uzi's, gonna, Uzi's top of the depth chart right now, but they're both going to be out there, I assume. Yeah. So I they might that. eat into each other's fantasy upside because I don't expect the Jets to score a whole lot of points either. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Not not everyone can score all the points all the time. Right. The Jets are there. This is just another preseason game for them. They're not at full strength. It's okay. It's okay. Take your time. It'll take um, <laughs> all season, but, you know, they'll get out of here. Next year, 2024. <laughs> no. That's right. Oh, man. But last game in the 1 p.m. window, we've got Jacksonville at Washington. Um, I originally had this as a sinker game of the week, but I'm a little less on that now, especially after the San Fran-Chicago game. Um, I've got Washington. I've got the over in Washington covering. I see you've got nasty gross you, but hear me out here. I think we could be underestimating the jump that Washington is getting going from Heineke to Wentz. Yeah. I'm not saying Wentz is amazing, but for, for an offense's output and especially for fantasy output, like he's going to be an improvement from Heineke for like, especially McLaurin. 
Um, I know, unfortunately, we won't have Brian Robinson this game, which it sounds like his recovery is going as smoothly as it can, basically, from a gunshot wound. So that's good news. Um, but it'll probably be the Gibson and McKissick kind of thing we saw last year, I'm going to guess for now. And their O-line is fine. I think we've had, I think we have the middle of the pack. They're pretty good. The maybe a little bit of average. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and on the other side, like the Jags, it sounds like they'll have Robinson back. They've got ETN. They've got a lot of guys who are okay. Like they've got Kirk and Ingram. <laughs> and I don't think the Washington defense or the Jags defense, like it's, this is part of it too. I think the defenses are not good enough to do much to stop the offenses. Like I think the offenses are just better enough than the defenses that this might be more of a like, I think there's a higher chance of bad team shootout than stinker of the week. I kind of like that. Yeah, bad, like bad team shootout. I think this profiles is that because I'm looking at the front sevens and I've got them. Uh, I've got the Commanders at 28. I've got the Jags at 30. Uh, commanders right now because they don't have Chase Young, so I I, I don't believe he's playing yet. I, I, did they? He might have started on the no, whatever the four week misses. Yeah. So without him, their front seven sucks. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> well, I mean, Jonathan Allen's amazing. But yeah, he is but, one player, and he is the yeah. tackle, which impact-wise is, you know, like, it's nice. He's going to be collapsing the pocket against uh, Lawrence, but that's, that's kind of it. Yeah, so I, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. I'm like, I think Lawrence is good. Like, the O-lines can do enough, at least the commanders O-line, and the defense, I don't think, are going to provide a ton of resistance. So I'm like, I'm excited to see what Doug Peterson does with – uh with Lawrence too and the Jags and I guess this is kind of a funny like weird reunion for Wentz and Peterson here I know uh, <laughs> Foles is gonna show up on the sideline no uh <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm taking the over here I think they're I, I think there's enough here to get stuff going so Logan Thomas also he got in a limit practice today so he might play and that would be a huge help to the over and the and the commanders yeah that would be that's that's pretty important um, yeah, but I'm taking Washington, though. They're, they're the better team still. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Washington. My only problem with the over is, but what if Carson Wentz just th- fucking <laughs> turns the ball over and breaks both ankles? <laughs> um, Defensive touchdowns. Right. Those right. When he He's someone who, when he turns it over, it's it's coming back. It's coming back. Oh, goodness. I think I'm leaning over... Um, I just, I know Wentz has a superpower, an ineffable superpower to just fuck up my expectations. (laughs) He gets to, I didn't even realize he's playing Jacksonville, the team that he fucking cost the Colts the playoffs against last year. Oh, that is funny. That is such a (laughs) head case for him. God damn it. He's going to fumble the ball like seven times. I didn't consider this. <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. Yeah. Is there anyone from this game you like? Uh, not like in particular. Like if you've got McLaurin, you're playing him. I think Gibson's usable. I don't want to touch Jacksonville. So. Yeah, I'm also realizing as we're about to move on from this game, I actually forgot to put put a game in. Uh, don't know how I missed that. I missed uh, Cincy and Pittsburgh. Oh, that's at one. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I guess I must have just, just overlooked that. So now 
moving on to our last game in in the uh, in the 1 p.m. segment, we've got um, Pittsburgh at Cincy. It's got a 44 and a half total, and I assume Cincy's favored. Yep, they're favored by uh, six and a half. Wow. Okay. It's a pretty good boost for them. This is a divisional opponent. Usually. Yeah, it is Trubisky. That. Yeah, it, it's Trubisky. I think there might be some weather concern. I mean, obviously, it's impossible to know now, but I think it's worth keeping an eye on because if it's like gross and rainy and it's Miss Trubisky and and the Pittsburgh defense is good too. Like, I think that could maybe be an over and might make it tougher for the uh, spread. So this might be one where I wait and see the weather before I pick that. I'm picking Cincy regardless. Right. Because it's Miss Trubisky, uh, and I assume you're probably on that with me. Yeah, <laughs> I am also taking Cincy. I do have concerns about Cincy uh, meshing well week one, especially with the offensive line and Burrow, all these moving pieces. Burrow has not practiced with this new offensive line at all because mm-hmm. um, he had an appendectomy and missed time, and he's good to go for the season, sure, but he has no chemistry time with the O-line, and that will create problems against a very tough Steelers front. However, yeah, the defense is crazy good. <laughs> however, still, however. still picking Cincy. The over-under, I don't know where I sit on that yet. I don't think it's a super high-scoring affair. I think there's some inconsistency on the Bengals' offensive part. Uh, which is in part due to Pittsburgh's pressure on them. But I also think that Mitchell Trubisky is Mitchell Trubisky. And I, since I do think that, I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm taking the over here. I don't, I, that's kind of an avoid for me. I might take the under with that. Yeah. And again, this, that's going to be one where if we're actually going to have bad weather, um, I would expect both teams to try and run a lot and, Mitch Trubisky in the rain sounds like a recipe for defensive points. Um, <laughs> so, like, I regardless, regardless, I want the Cincy defense, but they're, they're probably, like, if you're in a league with defenses or, like, you know, looking for DFS, like, Cincinnati was, like, on the waiver by one league where I have to have defense, so I wasn't out of them. I'm like, okay, they get Mitch, and it might be in the rain. So Someone left Trubisky in the rain. Yeah, and then one thing with uh, yeah, it when I said that it did sound like a fucking like musical, right? My my biscuits in the rain. <laughs> my biscuits, my soggy biscuits. Are we gonna get soggy biscuits or baked, or freshly baked biscuits? My uh, biscuits getting soggy in the rain. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we every time we say something that like sounds like a song, we need to like note it, and then we can have like an as heard on Mozzie and the Muscle. <laughs> and we can make like a funny little like promo of like the little blips of us singing the shit we come up with. There'll be a uh, vinyl. Get it on vinyl. There we go. Yeah, the Mozzie and the Muscle vinyl. There's gonna be a lot of Dan Campbell quotes in between songs as interludes. Um, yeah, that's gonna be the interlude. Good. <laughs> yeah. There's an interlude every song though. That's how it works. Uh, so yes, this game. I'm not saying the weather like will make it suck a lot but if it's like actual downpour that's hard to fight but if so if it's bad weather running backs defense that's typical but if the weather's fine if the weather's fine let's kind of look at it that way if that's fine i think i'll take the cincy cover in the over um and it's the steelers who 
always, almost always, fuck up one coverage per game and let someone behind them. So I would I would still say Jamar Chase here if if picking receivers between he and T, and T Higgins. Yeah, I mean if you drafted Jamar Chase, you you can't sit him. Oh no no yeah you definitely know? not. But for DFS, uh, I still think he's good, and he might not yeah. be a super popular pick. I really don't know. Yeah, I I haven't looked much at the main slate roster percentages. When I looked like a couple of days ago, he was up there, but that's I think that's probably changed a lot as we've gone on through the week. Um, I think people are going to not pick him as much because it's the Steelers and it could rain and there might just be other options you like more. So he might be kind of a should be chalk but isn't chalk pick. Yeah, I think I think I'm seeing Najee expected to be popular too because he's like only 6.4 on a full PPR site. So as like his value, like he probably ranks as like one of the if not the highest values on most projections. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm seeing Chase and Mixon both kind of high. Okay. Um, percentage wise, so this game might garner a lot. This I'm seeing kind of differences on Jamar and T and all that, but I think they'll be sort of popular. But I think I think the running backs might get most of the love. Yeah. Especially if it's rainy, that'll definitely weight it that way. Najee anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Not Najee's so safe. That's the wonderful thing about him. Yeah. Like, he's he's dump-off king. <laughs> Ma- imagine him with... He loves that. Imagine if he had Alex Smith. Ooh. <laughs> Alex Smith would nut. Um, Pittsburgh receivers. This is going to be something we need to break down at some point anyway. We'll, we'll get a lot more info this weekend. It looks like we're going to have Deontay... And Pickens on the outside and Claypool in the slot is what they've kind of been running some. I imagine that'll move around a lot. Um, I, I I would be shocked if that's a firm stick. But Pickens is starting. He's listed as a starter. Yeah. He's got that dog in him. And he's good. Yeah. I don't. I'm not gonna go after him week one. Um, especially if the weather's rough. He's he's at he's also at the same price as Rondale and Tony. But I don't know if I can bring myself there yet with Mitch. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> But Deontay and Claypool are kind of intriguing if the weather holds up. I keep saying that as yeah, you know, even though I've already clarified it. But who 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 do you lean here of those three? Or I guess probably if Claypool or Deontay. I mean, if I'm just picking players from this game, the only one I really want is Najee and Fryermuth, or the only two. Muth. Muth. Uh, I I feel like Claypool is kind of like it he was a tight end that became a wide receiver but he's a wide receiver that does a lot of blocking so he's basically a tight end um, <laughs> i expect him to be used like on a lot of running schemes like as a lane blocker um and they'll probably give him some rushes too yeah i would be shot i think that is possible as well i'm i don't want to take pickens this week nah, just I'm, straight I'm, up yeah. I would assume Deontay is probably the safest option, but I I guess that's where I'd lean. I'm not super high on wideouts. Okay, here's my best guess at this. You know the once dilemma where it's like he needs the tall guys? Yeah. M- Mitch isn't the most accurate. Maybe Claypool's the guy for him to like give him the biggest area. I mean that's, that's my best guess. Pickens is also very big, but he's a rookie, and yeah, he's in different like 
Claypool's going to be in the middle of the field, I expect, the most. Yeah, I think that would be my lean if you're saying, hey, you've got to pick one guy. You you have to. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think Mitch is not good, so he's going to throw to the guy who can catch his bad balls. <laughs> catch my bad balls. Catch my bad soggy balls. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh, but... Yeah, again, watch the weather for this game, but we'll get on to the 4 p.m. games. We've got KC at Arizona. We both got Kansas City. We both got the under um, of the 53.5 total. The spread moved up a point in Kansas City favor uh, over the last week, so Kansas City's now a 5.5-point favorite. Arizona is hurting already. Um, it sounds like... Um, well, so it sounded like Rondale's going to be fine, and then apparently he has a hamstring issue that just came up today, like right before we started recording. And yeah. as of like five minutes ago, they're worried it might be serious. So yeah, he's, he's not, not playing. playing. He's getting um, an MRI. There's no yeah. way he's playing, even if it's not severe. Like, yeah, which is a bummer. Consider him out. Yeah, Ertz is questionable. I think Ertz is a lot more likely than Rondale. <laughs> yeah, oh, especially at this point, yeah. He's a calf, yeah. he's older, he doesn't have to practice as much, he's paid his dues, he's 31. Like, yeah. I think, I think he'll probably play, he's just resting. Yeah, he's he's an actual questionable, though, I would say. Like, I, like whereas in maybe it's like 60-40, but I wouldn't put him above 65-70 to play still. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah, because he... Because he, he wasn't spotted during the, like, media open portion of practice today. Um, which isn't, like, a death knell, but it's not positive. Right. Uh, so do keep an eye on that. Um, Watt didn't practice either. Uh, neither did Trayvon Mullen. Yeah, <laughs> Watt. <laughs> what? Um, Chiefs side, though, I think Chiefs are all good. Yeah. I mean, they don't have Tyreek anymore, but, like, you know, injury-wise, I think they're all good. They're, they're pretty and, good. Yeah, I okay. We I don't think we don't, I don't think we need to shit on Cliff yet. Um, but Arizona, no, Arizona is like already coming in hurt. Like if literally, they literally only have like Hollywood and maybe Ertz, who's coming in questionable, and I guess AJ Green on the other side. Like it's kind of tough. <laughs> and Casey's still got Mahomes, Kelsey. They've got Juju now. They've got Sky Moore and MVS. Like it's still not Tyreek, but it's like. I, they've got a lot more than Arizona Arizona does at the moment. And I'm a bit worried about how it goes for them. Like, Oh, with, I, 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 yeah. As we talked about it, my picking of the chiefs got more and more solidified. Yeah. Um, like a week ago, even like two weeks ago, I was looking through everything and I was like, you know, like I kind of like Connor here. Maybe I'm going to look at some James Connor, but like at this point, like I'm not confident enough in the offense um, except the uh, the silver lining could be that he gets receptions. I yeah. believe one. I believe when Edmonds got hurt last year, James Conner like actually got receptions too. So he might still be in play in that regard. But I'm I'm growing concerned about this total in Arizona's output. So yeah. I the running backs in this game, man. I'm okay. So yeah, he he did get a nine target game, and they had like a six target game, a six target game in the latter half of the year. It's pretty good. So yeah, it could be a thing. Um, so I'm not ruling him out, but I kind of have some intrigue in Clyde here, man. We talked about Clyde getting shit on too much, all that Pacheco hype. I think he's third on the depth chart behind McKinnon still right now. Um, 
if Kansas City controls this game like we're expecting, like this is going to be a good opportunity for them, especially if Watts not full strength or if he even sits, like for the Chiefs to get going. And they have a good O-line that has meshed now. Like we talked about the Bengals, like they've got a good new O-line, but they haven't meshed yet, so they might struggle. The Chiefs O-line's already meshing. And Arizona has like, I put them like a little below average front. Like I, the, Chief, the Chiefs can control this game. Like, I'm not saying they won't pass and put up points, but this is a solid spot for them to let Clyde get going. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm i happy we agree on that. Clyde is one of my sort of sneaky picks. I think he's good this week. I, It's almost impossible to not like the starting running back for this team with how good their O-line is um, mm-hmm. and how unsure of I am of the Cardinals defense. They lost Chandler Jones and uh, I think they lost a linebacker as well. So they have a couple first and second year guys that are in starting positions. It They could do really well. They could also be pretty weak. Um, yeah, they lost Hicks. Was, I believe Jordan Hicks was a linebacker. I'll look it up to double check, but they lost him. So I'm, I was looking at our, our awesome spreadsheet yeah. um, that we had. Um, Holy shit, there's a Jordan Hicks who's a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. So I was trying to look up Jordan Hicks and I'm like I was going to look up Cardinals. I'm like, "Fuck." Yeah, he's on the he's on the Vikings now. Yeah, they lost um, Hicks. That's the guy. Wow. What what a weird conundrum there. That's kind of funny. What matrix there glitch. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, not having a I'm not very sure about their run defense and I'm very sure about Kansas City's offensive line. I like Clyde. I think Mahomes is going to be spreading the ball around a lot. Um, Reed is kind of the uh, the architect of the spread offense coming into the NFL because he loved it in college and was trying to sort of integrate it. Now they don't have Hill, and I think that you're going to see a lot of receivers get passes from Mahomes. So I don't particularly want to put money on any individual Chiefs wideout. Because I think that there will be probably seven to ten different receivers of Mahomes. Yeah, that's when we talked about um, things getting annoying when quarterbacks are like so good or hit a certain level and they spread around so much. Like that could be this year, Sans Kelsey. Um, I do expect Juju to kind of emerge. That's my take on it. I think he's the most reliable, but if we're talking about who's going to get those deep passes. You, it could be Sky Moore, it could be MVS, it could be Mecole, you know, it could be yeah. any of them getting that. <laughs> I said, I say Ed and Mecole. I just don't think oh, okay. he's good enough at wide receiver. But like running those, those yeah, you know, no, I where they're taking yeah. it deep, I don't really like. I'm not going to pick any of them. I do think Juju has the most upside, as the most reliable. Maybe the safest mm-hmm. floor is the best way to put it. Yeah, like I think everyone's expectation is MVS is the deep guy, but like, I don't know. Maybe he's not like, I, I think I it's think just going to change. Yeah. I think Mahomes Which when he's sense. out there, he just says, go deep to whoever is in the best spot. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, one thing I want to add before we move on um, with Clyde, a very fun DFS angle of this is that game's probably going to get popular stack wise whether it's both sides or a full game stack or just Kansas City, but Clyde is one, like leverage off the stack because he gets the touchdowns, passing game, may not get them, or the receivers and whatever don't get them. Gabe's slow. He fits that. 
And also, the running back popularity is definitely higher up in price, if not all the way up top, like at least, you know, in the 6K, 7K. So you can like flip your build as well. So that he kind of fits like both ways and like, okay, he fits if you flip your build and he's leverage off a stack. So Clyde's, I really like Clyde this week on, on, uh, on DraftKings for one, how we think he'll perform agnostic of DFS and two, how he fits in strategy wise. Yeah. I agree with you. I've got him in a few lineups. Yeah, but I'll be pairing him with a uh, Chargers Raider stack, which is our next game, mm. and that's how I'm gonna flip my build. Now oh, this, that's, that what a segue, right? What a segue. Uh, oh, not, yeah. um, <laughs> this is the banger. Bang- is yeah, this, banger no, this of is the, the, this is it. Yeah, this game is the banger of the week. The real fireworks show. This is the one I think we feel most confident about in the over. It's at 52. Chargers favored by three and a half. Um, which fuck you? Like he's right. You wrote fuck you Vegas to that. I agree. <laughs> I was I, like, I guess I'll say Vegas cover. That's but, what I would have to go with because I think it's a field goal victory. Yeah, game. so my my look on this is Herbert with two of Keenan, Eckler, Mike Williams. Usually I'd go with like Mike Williams and one of them. I would admit I'm not too locked into that. Um, I may be biased because the Mike and Eckler got me a big win last year. But running your back with Devontae. That's my outlook on this game. The Chargers, we've said it before in our preview, are almost the same exact fucking team as they were last year. They switched Except out better. Cook forever. Yeah, they're a little better too. Like, um, but the offense, like we know what to expect basically. Yeah. And you know, you you can throw in Palmer to stack if you want. You can throw in the tight end. They sometimes get stuff done, but like a bulk of it is gonna be in the passing game and two of these guys, and then. On the Raiders side, I'm super excited to watch Devontae, but I am admittedly concerned about uh, Waller. Even if his hamstring is fine and that's not the issue, and they're just like saying that for the contract, he hasn't been there. And worst case is that there actually is something with his hamstring. So with the new offense in, you know, McDaniels' offense, if you've not been there, I'm a little worried. Like we might see him not get his full snaps. Oh, um, I'm, I'm off Waller this week. Yeah, okay, like... Yeah, it's purely because he's not been there for the new system to get put in. If he is fine, and if he's not fine, then he's got a hammy issue. Like it's it sucks. So and, I'm, and I'm if not he doesn't have here. a hammy issue. The Chargers are built pretty good against the tight end, just in general. Their linebackers are good. Their safeties are good. It's just going to be tough all around. There's like three reasons why I'm like I don't. I just don't love Waller this week. Yeah, and I know you talked about asking J.C. Jackson some questions, but um, if you ask him if he's going to play this week, his answer is no. Um, <laughs> so that that's actually, that's a big thing, though, for the Raiders, and I think another boost for Devontae. Yep. And, like, if you want to go Renfro, too, I think that kind of adds to just the overall quarterback matchup getting easier. I know it'll probably be, you know, slot matchup there for Renfro, but yeah. Renfro's just a dog. I love Renfro. If you wolf, have wolf. Renfro, you should be starting him. Mm-hmm. I... I have no clue what to expect from the backfield. I I think that it'll be mostly Jacobs, and they'll probably pass to him some, and he'll be the one-two down back guy. Yep. I know they're going to mix in someone. I'm expecting that. I just don't know who. If it'll be Zamir White, if it'll be Most Brandon Bolden, if they'll piss me off and use Amir Abdullah, I swear, if they use Amir Abdullah, I'm going to be ranting next week. Um, 
if they lose. Right now. Yeah, <laughs> if they lose. Even if they win, I'm a bit like, y'all could have done more. Right now, Bolden's second on the depth chart, though, I believe. At least what I'm seeing from our lads. They usually have a pretty good update, so... And Bolden knows Josh McDaniels. He knows the system. They know each other. That would make sense, so... Yeah. But is it I like I like this game. I would like anyone in this game is solid. The studs are studlier, like kickers are kickers are awesome choices. Like th- this is this is a gonna be a great game. I'm gonna be all eyes on this game. Oh yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited for this one. I my only real concern against any offensive success is just the the potential of the Chargers pass rush against the Raiders O-line. I think mm. the Raiders O-line is going to be okay. Um, but the Chargers do still have a vaunted defense. Yeah, the they've got a really good rush, a good front seven. I put them at eight. Yeah. They're definitely in that pretty, pretty good tier. Not that elite tier, but like they're probably top ten, I would say for sure. And then the Raiders, yeah, like they've lost some guys on the O-line. They're no longer elite like they once were. Um, I see you've got them like kind of low too. Yeah. Although you've still got that as average. So, exactly. <laughs> but still, yeah, exactly. no, it's one of the lower ranked lines in the league. So it is concerning, but thankfully, thankfully, the system that McDaniels brings does involve your tight end blocking. Um, Josh Jacobs can pass block, so that might be his saving grace down the field, or, you know, maybe McDaniels is like, I'm going to get my guy Bolden out there. I know he can do this. I don't know. But. If you have Jacobs pass blocking, if you've got Waller and or Renfro blocking, or not, sorry, Waller and or uh, Foster Moreau blocking, not Renfro, like Renfro, Devontae get open quickly. I think they can manage it. So Exactly. But, yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked for this game. I'm so stoked to watch the Raiders play. I'm, I'm fucking ready for football, man. Let's but, go. Yeah. Um, I may end up stacking, like, I'll probably do the Chargers one just because I feel... Like, I, I feel like if I play Devontae, I get a good amount of the Raiders anyway. Um, and the Chargers pass more. So, I, as much as, like, I, you know, in my heart want to do the Raiders stack, I think it makes more sense to do the Chargers side on that front. But, yeah. You can do both, I think. I love Eckler. I know we already just said the bangers are the bangers, but I have extra banger love for, for Eckler this week. Yeah. He's just going to get a lot of passes. Yeah, I'm I'm torn on how I want to work the stack, but it's yeah, I I, I want to okay. Player versus opponent in any sport is finicky. In NFL, it's very finicky because you could play someone like week one, and then by week fifteen, if you play them again, the team is like not the same at all. Yeah, but I want to look up how Eckler does against the Raiders, um, <laughs> but. While we do that, is there anything else on this game, or shall we shall we venture on to the another divisional matchup here? No, I think that's it. Green Bay at Minnesota. What what's what's the read on this game? This has been one of my early predictions that I'm gonna stick with. I think Minnesota wins Week One against Green Bay. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like a blowout, but I do think it's a significant win, and I kind of worry about green bay's offense in week one um i think minnesota covers wins all of it looks very good i'm i'm in on it yeah these are good defenses (laughs) remember green bay from last year week one was horrific (laughs) now they don't have Devontae. 
Mm. Yeah, and so I was looking through the the injury reports, um, and I think Lazard is questionable right now. Um, he didn't practice today. Um, it may just be caution, but if he doesn't play, it's Sammy, Romeo, Dobbs. I, I think it's Dobbs, actually, for him. Um, and then Randall Cobb. And I think Tunyon is questionable as well. So, like, they might be coming into the year pretty fucked. They might be. And Bakhtiari is not at full health yet. I don't... They say he's going to start week one, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, like, Minnesota got really good, and they're healthy, like, so... Uh, I think Irv Smith is expected to play as well, by the way. So Yeah, he is good there. But I gave the uh I gave the Vikings and Packers both uh top five rankings on my defensive front sevens, Packers four, Vikings five. Um okay. their front sevens are really good now, both of them. So that's part of why I leaned into the under. Um, especially with, you know, some of the question marks on who the Packers will have. And I know the Vikings have talked about wanting to run more, but if you're controlling the game against the Packers and you can run it out and use Dalvin Cook, I, I mean, I imagine they'd do that. Like, that's not like they're going to, you know, take their foot off the gas entirely. But if it's a low-scoring game where both defenses are making it tough on each other, you know, right. I don't know if they'll try too hard to push that. I mean, they might. I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what to expect from the coaching staff and the offense this year. Like, it could change a lot, but... I think both defenses are pretty freaking good. So I mean, the Packers defense that's a is why they're still going to be dangerous this year. Yeah. Which so. seems funny to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Packers are kind of shifting their offensive identity. They're going to be running a little bit more. They're going to use Jones and Dylan. Um, they won't have Devontae. I don't know who Rodgers is going to end up liking as his passer or his receiver, but I... It, it, it could be any of them, to be quite frank, and I don't really want to predict that, uh, which works for Minnesota pretty well because Minnesota's front is pretty good. I love the addition of Dalvin Tomlinson. I think they're going to be able to stop the run pretty well, um, and their secondary is kind of their weak point, which is Green Bay's weakness at the moment. I think it's just they match up well. If Lazard plays, are you comfortable rolling with him as their, like, number one, quote-unquote, <laughs> Not really. I've, I'll be honest, <laughs> I've never really been impressed by Lazard, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I just don't see him as that dude. Yeah, for, for me, like, it's it's that, like, I don't think he's, you know, an NFL number one, but if you're getting a bunch of targets from Aaron Rodgers, it does help offset it some. Um, but he's so now, slow. I'm sorry, yeah. but I've watched Lazard play, like, a lot, and he's so fucking slow. <laughs> he yeah. runs like a four eight. His forty, yeah. It, that was like his big knock was like, is he fast enough coming in? Which he's fast enough, but my I, my fast. money is on Christian Watson when he's healthy. Yeah, it, yeah. Is he gonna play this week? I didn't check that. He but, is. But okay, it is week one. Yeah, and he's not really been around. So that brings me to the guys left. We've got. Romeo Dobbs, camp hype guy. We've got Randall Cobb, or reliable, and we've got the reptilian solar being. <laughs> would you would you be willing to 
I don't know if I would say put in a DFS lineup, maybe put a prop on, or wh- what do you expect from our, our week one champion, Sammy Watkins here? I'm expecting the same as I always get from Sammy, a week one blow up performance where he gets a hamstring injury and subsequently misses the rest of the <laughs> Sammy's healthy right now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. He's healthy right now. Week one, he's good to go. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I think he is worth a shot. Oh, it's... <laughs> it's funny that we're still talking about Sammy Watkins in the year 2022 of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, uh, man, I'm curious, like, how the matchups even work out to you cornerback-wise. It might just be like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. But, yeah. So, tough one. Um, Packers-wise, though, I will say, if you're in PPR, Aaron Jones, I like a lot. I expect him to, especially right now with all the guys hurt, to get a lot of targets. Yeah, uh, That was my thought going into the year, but now that we have these issues, I expect even more. Um, on the Vikings, you know your typical guys. I don't think we need to get too much into that. It's like three dudes, maybe three and a half, right? if you want to count Irv at all. But yeah, it's pretty I guess Osborne and Irv are both like half to make up number four. Is uh, Jair is good to go, right? I believe so. I, I assume he is. I've good. seen nothing otherwise. So having him in Stokes. It's a pretty deadly combo in the secondary. Yeah, so, hey, maybe we do get Irv game or we get, you know, KJ Osborne, the number three is needed with those tough corners. Hey, maybe. It's 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 tough because, like, again, the defenses are really good. That's why we're on the under, under here. So, but we've got Giants at Tennessee next. I have Tennessee. You have Tennessee. I don't know about the over-under and the spreads here. I, I'm low on Tennessee this year. Um, partially schedule wise, partially I think they may be out of their window with AJ Brown gone. But the Giants also are the Giants. Yeah. What'd you say? They lost Landry. They yeah, that's a, that was a big one. When I was doing this front seven rankings, I'm like, where do I put them now with Landry gone or like out for the year, presumably? I mean, so yeah, it's tough. I like Tennessee in this one. I think they still win and cover by a good amount. I don't really know what to expect from the Giants. It kind of seems like they're unofficially tanking. Um, yeah, when they cut Blake Martinez, that was like the cue. Yeah. I'm like, they they got rid of Bradbury. They got rid of Martinez. Um, they traded someone else, too. Oh, they let Dalvin Tomlinson go. Like, they just... I don't know. I, they, I think they could be tanking and just maybe the offense doesn't know it uh which is kind of sad but i'm expect that's kind of why i took the over is i think tennessee just steamrolls offensively and then the giants will also get some offensive success it's just not a uh, not really winnable <laughs> yeah i think this does set up for the a choo choo game for <laughs> for our boy here yeah. the giants have um Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams in the, on the inside. That's good. Yeah. However, that's like all they got. Yeah. They've got Thibodeau, who I think we expect to be good, but he's a rookie. Um, I think what we'll see probably is like, you know, the, the, the Ontario will win some, but then we'll see some where they've got no linebackers and like no one really to stop Henry past that. And he'll, the line will get pushed. He'll break through. We'll see, like, a 2, a 3, a 4, and then an 80, you know? Like, I... And then when that happens, like, 
I, I'm not saying that, you know, teams win because they have a 100-yard rusher, but the Titans, like, when Derrick Henry goes bonkers, that's like that's like the Titans win condition. Yeah. They're, they're kind of a unique scenario there, and I don't think the Giants can beat that, and I think that Vrabel is a pretty darn good schemer. Like, we saw him... Like, we saw the fits that the Titans defense gave the Bengals last year in the playoffs in that game. Yeah. And I know they don't have Landry now, but I think they could pull that off against the Giants and their slightly improved line and Daniel Jones. That's like, I think Vrabel can beat Daniel Jones is kind of like the key point of this. Yeah. Uh, No, I agree. I... This is probably one of the least interesting games to me. I Like, I can tell you I'm going to watch the entire day of football if I can, but this is probably the one game where I might not watch a whole lot. It just doesn't interest yeah, the, me much. Yeah, I, I, I will not be in this 4 p.m. window game. Um, I am seeing some, like, Giants popularity with Saquon and Tony. Um, yeah. Especially now that Rondale Moore is not going to play. Tony's going to take that price range roster percentage and probably get all of it at that like 4k range. So he's going to jump way up. Saquon's going to get some use. I'm totally fine. Uh, not playing popular giants. Yep. Against a team we are very confident is going to win. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I have no clue what Derek Henry's going to come in at like roster percentage wise. I don't know if he will be like leverage, but I like him this weekend. He's Derrick Henry, and he could break the slate and win a week. So it's funny looking at his, like, point distributions and stuff. Like, when you see, like, you know, projective range of outcomes, like, he's one of those guys where you'll see, like, the spot, like, around, like, 15 as, the, you know, the most likely. And then you'll see, like, a little bump over by, like, 40 or some shit because he just does that. <laughs> so he just does that. Yeah. Um, but and that's enough about that game. Uh <laughs> We've got uh, the Sunday night game, Tampa Bay at Dallas, and I think we're both pretty confident in Tampa Bay here, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I could be proven wrong, but the Cowboys are worse in this week one matchup against the Bucks than they were last year. Mm-hmm. And Oh, for sure. They've had a lot of issues. Their O-line has kind of fallen apart. I don't have a lot of, you know, hope <laughs> for them to do super well. I I think I just kind of took the under Tampa Bay wins pretty convincingly. Their defense is way too much for the Cowboys to overcome, and they'll cover the spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's it's annoying because, again, we don't want <laughs> Tampa Bay to win. But, yeah, we've got, we've got under 50 and a half. Tampa Bay covering two and a half. Um, yeah, the, the Dallas line's not elite anymore. Yeah, the, the Raiders one should beat the Sunday night game, but Seriously. I'm glad it's on the main stage so I can play it. Um, the Bucks have a good front, still top ten. The Cowboys aren't far behind. I put them at like just below that elite tier just because I feel like they don't they still have enough holes where I, I don't feel super confident in them. Um, the Bucks, who they suffered two big injuries on the O line and are like down pretty far down the depth chart on the center, but they've still got three really good linemen in spots. Um, the Cowboys yeah. line is probably about average now, so it yeah, might even be below average. 
to be honest. Tyler Smith is a rookie, so he's the left tackle. Um, Connor McGovern is meh. Bayadaz was a good center, and Zach Martin's really good. And then Terrence Steele is eh. Mm-hmm. So it's like so, two two it's goods, okay. two ends, and a rookie. Yeah, a lot's going to hinge on that rookie, huh? Yeah. I, I know the Bucks are hoping that they're, I think it's like Gadecki. I assume is how you pronounce it. I, I think he's their guard. They're, big, they're probably making on him to be good in that spot because on their right side is set. It's just their left side in the center where they got to consider. They've got good tackles. Like they've got enough good players. Like when you have three of five that are you know really good, I think you know you'll manage. Uh, you can kind of piece it together a bit around it. So in this game, Chris Godwin is kind of like one of the big like question marks. We we know Gal's not going to play. It's he's like. I think he's like fully practicing and like are mostly full, but they've already said like he's not gonna play. I'm pretty sure. So I would be surprised if we saw him suit up. Um, that pretty much just leaves like C.D. Lamb because James Washington's hurt. Like I'm not really sure who else they're gonna go to. So C.D. Lamb off of volume makes sense, and then like Dalton Schultz, I guess makes sense, right? I mean, uh, he'll probably hit the ball yeah. a lot. That's that's pretty good. I hadn't thought of Schultz. He's kind of flown under the yeah. radar for me, but I like him. Yeah, the whole contract thing kind of covered him most of the offseason. So once they got the tag worked out or whatever, yeah, it's him and CD this week. So Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Don't um, have a lot of love for Zeke. Yeah, I, and like I don't really for Pollard either. Like I know people think like, oh, the path catching guy, but I'm not confident in the offense that much so like the cd and schultz is like i think they'll have to pass a lot and those guys will get it and like they'll need yardage and get some yardage like they're not gonna be they're not gonna do nothing but if we think they lose then i don't want the running backs i think they lose pretty convincingly oh man the buccaneers front is insane yeah they're front seven like dallas that Dak is gonna have no time to throw and they've like they've got a good enough secondary that they can pretty much like they can dedicate almost their whole secondary to stopping Lamb. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the only that's my downside of CD here is like, what if they just say like someone else beat us? Right. Then I think he's good enough like, to fuck. get some stuff, but yeah, like it could be it could be a tough sledding for them. Um, but yeah, so Godwin, let me take a gander at if he's expected to go. Um, no practice today. Uh, still kind of. I think they're. I think it's pretty much just gonna be like how he feels i i feel like i'm gonna lean that he doesn't play i think he should wait yeah it was kind of up in the air we heard some positivity uh then he kind of came out and said like like he was like talking to someone like on i think it was it's called uh in the moment podcast on tuesday he said um what here i'll read the quote um he doesn't think uh I, said, I don't think any of us know yet if i'll play um, I don't think any of us know that. I would imagine I have the final say. It's got to come down to feel because I understand what I'm capable of doing on the field when healthy, but I also understand what I'm capable of pushing through. I would love to be there for the entire season, but I think what's more important is being there for the second half of the season, being there for what I missed last year. Um, and that comes after, I think, some offseason steam that he might play. So I am leaning that he sits. Yeah, agreed. Which would mean we might see like a big Mike Evans target hog game here. Yeah. And... It's going to be him and Trayvon Diggs probably a lot. And I know Diggs get those picks, but he also allows those yards. So I love Mevins here, actually. I do, too. 
he like if if it all if you know if Godwin sits, Evans might kind of go into banger of the week territory on receivers. He's one of mine. Um, I've got him in a few lineups. Yeah, I haven't made my Sunday night captain stuff yet, like that showdown, but he's probably going to be my captain depending on the price. But if he's not, I might go Lenny. Um, we think they're going to win. Um, you know, he he gets targets. He's still healthy. I know I expressed some concern about him, but I have legit no reason to doubt him at the moment yet. Um, maybe we see more Rashad White at some point or in games that get out of handle, that'll happen. But Lenny will be a part of it if that does happen at any point. Like, of a game getting out of hand. So, yeah. I, I Tight end-wise, I don't want to... I don't know, man. I don't know if it's going to be Bray or Rudolph. I don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. I, no, it. I'm kind of avoiding a lot of the matchups in this one. I just I just don't have a whole lot of confidence on who it is that's going to do shit, especially for the Buccaneers outside of Mike Evans. And I do think Fournette... Um, like, Russell Gage, he's questionable, too. But he's at least. And they do have there. Julio. They do have Julio, but he, they just got him right. Yeah, like, he's like a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's healthy. He so healthy. <laughs> he's still healthy. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you could throw those guys in there. Um, Russell Gage, if he plays, of course. So, you know, hopefully Brady's just cooked, should have retired, and throws six pick sixes to Trayvon Diggs. I'm all for that. <laughs> uh, I, I would love that. <laughs> Is it like we want the Cowboys not. to win? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually do. <laughs> we just have an obligation here. But uh, last game, this might be a quick wrap-up. We've got Denver at Seattle here. We've got Denver winning. The total is 44.5. Uh, it wasn't like 42 or 42.5, like what I made this dock, and that was a lot easier to overcall. Now it's really tough. It's it's really tough. I did That's like a perfect over- spot. By 0.5 as a 45 <laughs> total, because that's what happens when you lose 10 to 35. <laughs> yeah, we both got Denver covered in six and a half, and them kind of smashing. And that, I think that's why I I lean probably over if I'm forced to pick, because you can't push a half point. Um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think there might be just garbage time score that gets them there. Yeah. So, oh, but you you game. love Russ though, right? Love Russ. Uh, so Russell Wilson. I don't know where the narrative has come from that he is not like an elite quarterback, but Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be withholding in his abilities against his former team that I think he does have some resentment for. Uh, But on top of that, I don't see Seattle being able to stop them in any sort of capacity. And And Denver is going to stop them a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Russ, I think they're going to score five touchdowns, and I think he could throw all five of them. I, I don't even think they're going to need a field goal. I think it's just going to be, yeah, one of those. You know when the Ravens just dong on someone and they just get like six <laughs> Like the Jets. Yeah, they get that like 42-point game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of expecting one of those. Denver. Mm-hmm. Probably so I was going to ask if Monday there was. Night in a while. Oh, yeah. This this might be, uh, I've got, so <laughs> this might be uh, like a, get to sleep a little early kind of night you know as you're watching it in bed it's halftime you're like i'm gonna doze off now yeah it's time you can rest uh up. is it yeah is there anyone in particular you like of russ's targets or is it just anybody everybody you know you get a touchdown you get a touchdown over type thing you get a touchdown you get a touchdown well so all the off-season reports have been that Cortland sutton is his favorite target 
Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that. It makes sense to me. I think in this game, you're going to see Javante and Melvo both get in the end zone. Um, I think Sutton probably gets one. The one I, I'm curious about is Judy. I just really don't know what we're going to get out of him. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is a good game to kind of get everyone acclimated. <laughs> right. In fairness. They don't really, like, Seahawks, their their defense is, is pretty weak, especially in the secondary. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, it does sound like uh, Kenneth Walker probably won't play. Mm-hmm. I think we were kind of thinking that. But right now they've said uh, highly likely to sit at yeah. the moment. And he hasn't really practiced yet. Yeah, don't rush him back. Let him heal from that hernia. You know, get that shit fixed tightly. Yeah. Don't want that busting open. No. No busting down there. <laughs> Only nearby. Only nearby. <laughs> um, but I guess that's a great place to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Speaking there's not busting, a whole lot about up. this game. Is there anyone from Seattle you want? For me, the answer is no. Um, maybe Fant or DK. That's gonna be my answer most weeks. Yeah, I think you can get away with that. That's about it. I yeah, I think Fant is probably my guy. But even then, it's not Locke. It's Gino. So maybe just DK. And yeah, I mean, we saw Gino throw to DK and it worked. Like that was the only thing that really worked. But that that part worked. So right. I think I feel okay about DK and this as far as my confidence goes yeah it's it's gross why is this the monday yeah. night game what the fuck i i don't really know Ugh. makes no it makes no sense <laughs> so it's a revenge game yeah but one one team is severely better than the other yeah there are plenty of revenge games on the other time slots so anyway we we've got to go puke after this game and kind of make sure we can rally for the the game coming up in about an hour and a half so <laughs> thank you for tuning in we Oof, man, there are a lot of games we went for a while. This might be prob- this will probably be our longest preview just because of week one. I feel like there's a little more to get into. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in. You can find us online at mozzieandthemuscle.com and on Twitter and TikTok at mozzieandmuscle. And we may be back next week, depending on if we can make schedules work out before I'm gone for a few days. Um, we may just see you for week three, TBD. So, but... Thanks for tuning in.